M A I N M U N U Main Menu Main Menu Welcome to Main Menu for Friday, September 4th, 2015. I'm Larry Turnbull. I'm in for David Tanner, who's on vacation this week. This week, we're actually going to run an FS cast on Jaws 17. Jonathan Mosen and Eric Damery have released this FS cast a couple of days ago, and Jaws 17 is supposed to come out with its public beta release within the next couple of weeks or so, and then the final release will be, the full release, I should say, will be in the next couple of months or so. And there are some interesting new features in JAWS 17 that uh, you'll want to take a listen to. And this is uh, part one of their series, so they'll have a part two coming out uh, pretty soon. I know where we're going to run the part two uh, presentation of the Information Access Committee, but uh, I think this is a little more important as uh, many of you are dealing with Windows 10 and all the fun that's coming out of that. And these new features in JAWS 17 uh, will work better with Windows 10. And one of the main features will be dealing with uh, web forms. So you'll definitely want to listen closely to that. Without further ado, let's go ahead and uh, get on to the presentation as it will take this full hour. And David will be back with you next week right here on Main Menu. So enjoy. Here at ACB Radio's main menu, we are always looking for feedback from our listeners. If you have any feedback about something that you have heard here on main menu, suggestions for things you would like to hear on future programs, or if you are able to record a product demonstration or interview for us, please get in contact with us by sending an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org. That's mainmenu at acbradio.org. You can also get in contact with us via Twitter. Our Twitter page is at www.twitter.com slash mainmenu, or you can follow at mainmenu with your favorite Twitter client. Finally, all of our contact information, past shows, and more can be found on our website at mainmenu.acbradio.org. Thank you for listening to Main Menu, and we look forward to hearing from you with your thoughts about our program. In FSCast 113, we lift the lid on version 17 of our JAWS screen reading software. Eric Damry is here for part one of our look at what's new. Freedom Scientific's official podcast. Produced and presented by Jonathan Mosen. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. If you would like to be in touch with us, you can drop me an email. FSCast at freedomscientific.com is the email address. And you can call the listener line. We play a selection of those contributions from time to time. That number is 727-803-8000. That's in the United States, of course, 727-803-8000. When you're asked to dial an extension, you dial 1010 and leave us a message. You can also follow Freedom Scientific on Twitter and like us on Facebook. If you're not doing that yet, now's a really good time to do that if you have either a Facebook or a Twitter account so that when JAWS 17 drops in public beta form very soon now, you will be one of the first to know. And that segues us nicely into why we're here for this episode of FSCast. In the context of the podcast, it is my favorite time of year because we've been working away on the latest version of JAWS for quite some time. And now we can talk about it and show you some of the cool new things that we've been doing. And as is our tradition, we're joined by Eric Damry, our Vice President of Software Product Development, who is in Florida. Eric, welcome back to FSCast for the big reveal. Hi, Jonathan. Uh, Good to be back again, and, and we always look forward to this time of year. Well, let's talk JAWS because JAWS 17 is on the horizon. Can we talk a bit about your release schedule for JAWS 17? When are we likely to see it if we want to publicly beta test it? And when is the final version likely to be released? Each year we try right around the first five days of September. We try to get this uh, posted. doesn't usually make it before the Labor Day weekend, but we try to get it right after the Labor Day weekend you know, when we get the first version out into the public, 
This year, I think we're tracking about a, a week behind, maybe a little bit more than that. So could be as soon as the 10th of September, but it may be a few days after that. I think we'll try and get one more FS cast before we get the public beta. So we'll do one more broadcast, and then the day after that, I think the public beta will hit. And somewhere starting right around the 10th, the people should be watching for, for that to happen. Now, if all goes well, and I think it will in the public beta cycle, we should be on track for our release right around the end of October, uh, somewhere around that uh, Friday, uh, probably before the Thursday, maybe before Halloween. And then we'd be on track for our first update to hit around the first week in December. And that's that was the schedule we followed last year, and I think we'll be right on that schedule this year. Very good. Now, anybody who wants to test JAWS 17 can, correct? There's no need to have a software maintenance agreement that's good for 17 if you want to participate in the public beta process. Yes, generally we get out two, sometimes three public beta builds, and at least the first two you can use if you have JAWS 16 authorization. It'll run as a full version. If you have anything less than 16 authorization, it would run as a 40-minute demo. And, of course, if you have no authorization, you can still download the beta and install it, and it just runs as the 40-minute reboot your computer demo. Also, if you have the 90-day license of JAWS that are now available through the eStore, as long as they're still active, you can use the betas with those builds as well, those uh, authorizations as well. And then the last public beta or the initial release would require 17 authorization at that point. So if you haven't got your SMA in place and you've only got 16 authorization, really the, the cutoff date would be that release official release date for 17 around the end of October. You want to make sure you have your SMA in place. Otherwise, you're staring at buying the upgrade to 17, which would be the same cost. So the SMA gets you two upgrades. Get that in place if you haven't done so and do that before the end of October. So let's talk about some of the new features that you're particularly proud of, and there's a lot here. Particularly, I think one of the interesting things about JAWS 17 is the amount of behind-the-scenes optimization of the code that has gone on, and this is particularly exciting as JAWS is much more easily localizable in a whole bunch of languages going forward. Right. We've made great strides over the past several years in you know getting JAWS to be faster, more responsive, also very stable as you know we, we've got the error reporting. So when people have had any issues that they've run into, if they allow those error reports to come into us, they go into a database and someone is looking at that constantly and it's helping us to identify what issues are going on in the field that we're not necessarily seeing. Maybe we don't have the same programs they're running or we're not doing things quite the same way because we don't have the same applications installed on somebody's other AT products might be there causing some issue that we're not necessarily seeing. And we've been able to address those. Well, in addition to that, this year, we've taken some big steps in streamlining the localization process. So Freedom Scientific is distributed around the globe with all of our products, but JAWS in particular is, is distributed in many, many countries. And we do this in conjunction with our distribution channel in these countries. So while we localize the German language, Spanish language, and greatly participate in the French localization, and now every time we put a new build of JAWS out, every update that comes out includes a Spanish, German, and French version posted on the same day. There are many languages out there that have to get localized, and we do not do all of those localizations. We count on those distributors to, to take care of those that work and that effort. And in some countries, they do it very well. They, they can get them out as fast as three or four or five months uh, behind us. Some take much longer. Well, starting with 17, that process will become much easier. So from 17 going forward now, the localization effort will be less. I think we'll be able to get releases posted very, very quickly now uh, for many countries where that has not been the case in the past. How are things with Windows 10 going? It was an amazing release by Microsoft. First of all, you've got to, if, if you've done any reading about this on the web, the millions of 
uh, upgrades that have been deployed already from Microsoft is just staggering when you think about the amount of downloads. And I know I've updated three computers myself. The process went uh, quite smoothly. Some of my less expensive tablets have been a struggle because you've got to have at least 10 gig free space. So I actually have to get an external drive to attach to the tablets to be able to to update those, but I plan on doing those as well. I love it. I think it's it's pretty good. There are a few things that we have to iron out and get uh, get right, and some of those things have already been addressed in the initial 17. Some of them will still come even before the release. One in particular that's most annoying, I, I know to a lot of us that have been doing this, is if you alt-tab Microsoft and their infinite wisdom have done a, a fantastic job labeling the task switching list box of running applications. Uh, so they've named it aptly, something like that. And every time you all tab, you have to listen to this big, long, lengthy message that gets delivered. And we'll try and uh, edit things up so that uh, that becomes a much more uh, condensed message and a little easier to, to process because you're really just trying to figure out what app have you switched to? You you know when you've done an alt-tab, the command you're doing and where you've landed. You're just trying to get to the application, not hear that long message on every keystroke. So things like that will get fixed and worked out. But in general, anyone who's been running Windows 8 will have a very smooth transition to Windows 10. And from what we understand, Windows 10 is the final operating system, and they'll just keep updating it from here. So... I'm quite certain that we'll be talking about Windows 10 for many years. I think the sooner we get started on it, the better. Microsoft Edge, any word with that? This is the new browser that they have, and they put a blog post out warning people, look, it's not going to be accessible from the get-go. Right, and that and that isn't as of, as of this recording. We know that that's important. We know that the advocacy in this industry has been putting uh, quite a bit of emphasis and pressure on Microsoft about that. So they are working on it and they will get there. And I think Edge will be a good solution. I would not anticipate making the leap and switching to it this year, but uh, I certainly hope going forward next year, we can start to dabble in that and, and we'll start to look. But in the meantime, IE, Firefox and Chrome are all functioning quite well in 10 as they as they were in 8 and 7, and I think that uh, users can make the easy switch. There's some instructions on our Windows 10 setup page that walk you through the process of how to switch your browser, the default browser, away from Edge and to whichever one you prefer to run. That, along with uh, the email clients, the other one, the built-in email client in Windows 10 isn't really any better than the one that was in 8. So uh, sticking with, you know, Thunderbird or Outlook or Gmail or whatever it is you might use is probably a better solution than using the built-in client. And then the other one that they had uh, mentioned is the reading of PDFs, uh, using Acrobat Reader, installing Acrobat Reader from Adobe, either the Acrobat Reader 11 or the DC version that's out now, and using that in Windows 10 is your best solution for PDF reading, but and that was the that was true in eight as well. So I think that's still the way to go. The good news is that if you are after a fresh browsing experience, and while you're waiting for Microsoft to make Edge truly accessible, install JAWS 17 because you have the option to browse the web in a very exciting new way. And this is a huge new feature in JAWS 17 called Smart Navigation. Can you introduce that to us? I'm very excited about it, and I know that every time new concepts get introduced, you'll listen, and I pay attention and listen on the listservs. You'll hear folks out there. Some will say, I just like the old way of doing things. Others will start to experiment, and those that do, I think, will find what I've found, and I, and I know what many others that I work with have found, and that is that this smart navigation is a much more efficient way of working, especially in complex web applications or forms, banking sites, shopping sites. I think smart navigation is a good solution because A, it helps you move through the web page 
and experience the layout the way the author wrote the page instead of serially looking at each particular object on the page, one object per line, you're able to see multiple objects on the same line the way they were laid out to, so you can more easily see what things go together. And you can move past that group of things with a single down arrow keystroke rather than having to step through every item. Um, so it, it's a very efficient way of getting around. And uh, I think once people start to experiment with this, and I know you're going to demonstrate this on the Surf's Up page at the end of our conversation here, and I think users will get a good sense for uh, how that works. It will be off by default when we release the public beta, and I think it'll be off by default when we release the final version, mainly because we would probably get a lot of calls from people who would say, JAWS isn't working the same way it was if we released 17 with Smart Navigation on. So we'll have it off by default. It will be in the startup wizard, and people will be able to turn on Smart Navigation there. And we've also added the forms mode option of switching between auto forms mode, which is the default, and semi-automatic or manual forms mode and we'll put those in the startup wizard right next to Smart Navigation. My strong recommendation is that users try Smart Navigation for both controls and tables, which is one of the options, controls and tables, and they switch forms mode to semi-automatic and try those two combinations. And maybe if you can demonstrate those two settings uh, when you do your uh, demonstration towards the end of this conversation, I think that would be good for users and they'll get a sense for it. What's happened to the web, of course, is that in its infancy, it was pretty much a static series of pages, and it made sense to use the virtual cursor to traverse that material in a linear kind of fashion. But now when you go to websites, more often than ever, you're getting full, rich internet applications. And of course, Freedom Scientific has backed the ARIA standard for making sure that those applications are accessible for a long time now but this really does give you the feel that you've moved away from necessarily engaging with a page in that linear fashion and now you can really interact like the application that it is and the other thing I'm particularly pleased with is the way it does work in tables because there's no need anymore to engage a specific table layout to navigate the data in a logical, sensible way. So it is a significant change. Yeah, and, and a couple of examples to think about. For those of us who have been using Windows for a while and Windows applications, if you think of a basic old application like Notepad, when you would go to the file menu and you will arrow right and left, you're moving by word rather than moving by character when you're moving with the right arrow. Unlike when you're on text, how you move by character and, and you'll, you know, with the arrow keys. So when you're on a menu system where items are objects or cells, think of them as cells, each menu item, then the arrow key should logically move by those units. And that's essentially what it's going to do now in forms. You'll move to a line that has a prompt. Maybe the line has on it first name, colon, an edit field. Then another prompt that says last name, colon, with the edit field. So you've really got four elements there, two labels, first name and last name, and two edits. So there's four elements. And when you move on to that line, you'd hear first name, colon, edit, last name, colon, edit. So you know everything that the author put on that line on the page. And if you right arrow, you want to move from, not from the F in first name to the R in first name. You want to move from first name to the edit field. So you'll land right in the edit field. This is why I think semi-automatic or manual forms mode is best because I don't necessarily want to go into forms mode at that moment. I'll choose to go or I can keep right arrowing and the next right arrow takes you to last name colon and then the next right arrow takes you to the edit field. So it was nice with four right arrow keys I could step right across the entire line and hit each element. Now if I were back on first name and I just press the down arrow I would move past the entire line, all four of those elements, and I would just go to the next line and start the process over again on that line. 
it makes it much more efficient. You don't necessarily have to use both hands and three different keys to be able to navigate through a table or a complex form. It's very nice to just be able to do it just with those arrow keys. An added bonus of this feature too, and I am really pleased about this as somebody who runs a number of websites, is that even if I'm just using speech now, I have a real concept in my head about how the page is actually laid out, how it's physically looking, because the document object model is not isolating certain elements on their own line, which is not actually how the page looks to a sighted person. And for people who use Braille in addition, many Braille users have preferred line mode, which kind of gave them the, the real feel for everything that was on that line. It was kind of giving them the proper screen layout. And now with this this new smart navigation turned on in Braille, you, not only are you getting the, the benefit of seeing what's really on the line, but you're getting some of the benefited information that we can provide to you about the content that's on that line. So you get some of the same information that you would get in structured mode about the content of the line that you're on yet you're still seeing it in screen layout. So I think you get the best of both worlds, and I think Braille users are really going to appreciate this in many places. And there may be some situations where it makes sense to have smart navigation switched off or on for particular domains. So am I able to do that? Can I customize this on a domain name by domain name basis? Yes, and and I think that's important as we start to expand and explore the realm of possibilities here with smart navigation. There's always going to be some web page where either its coding isn't right or something isn't right about how we've done smart navigation. So it doesn't work perfect for this page, yet I really like it on these other pages. And so when you do get into a situation like that, you'll be able to, while you're on the page where you would prefer to turn it off, you'd jump into the settings center and you would jump to smart navigation and then if you shift tab up, like you're going to change the file, you, you literally can pick the that domain, make sure that you're set on that particular domain that you're on now, and then go down and turn off smart navigation. So then save it in the future. Whenever you come to this page, you would fall back out of smart navigation to your traditional way of navigating, yet uh, still have the benefit of smart nav everywhere else. If the web is becoming increasingly like applications, then it would make sense to be able to script certain websites. And this is a big feature of Jaws 17. Yes, to be able to create domain-specific scripts for web pages and applications has uh, been one of the things that we've talked about doing for a couple of years now. And we really tackled it this year. And we've created several new script functions that the script writers will be able to take advantage of I'll let the script writers go in and read about these and experiment with them, but I'll give you the names of them. There's one called Get Document XML, one called Perform Action on Element with Tag and Attribute, and a third script function called Perform Action on Element with ID. And you can imagine everything you can possibly do, things like set focus or make it visible, bring it into view, do a default action or do a left mouse click or a right mouse click based on something happening on the page or based on some keystroke that you've assigned to do that. So think of it as you've got some complex web page and as you complete it, you need to get to the submit button or the OK button or something on the page that's further down. And rather than have to hit the B for button to find that button, you could just set up a keystroke that whenever I do this keystroke, it'll always go and click that particular area and do this. So those will be very powerful scripts, and users will be able to experiment with what we've done by using SharePoint, and there'll be some instructions in there on how to set up your SharePoint domain to be able to take advantage of some scripts that we've built in to make navigating, especially the menu system within SharePoint, much easier and you'll really be able to take advantage of some of the initial scripts that we've done. But those that write scripts will quickly learn that there are many things they can do on web pages they use on a daily basis using some of these basic script functions to go in there and really enhance their experience, make it easier. 
Yeah, our top priority has always been helping people to obtain or retain employment. And I'm thinking about all of these call center applications, so many places now where it's all web-based. And if you can increase somebody's productivity and efficiency in an environment like that, then that's great news for those seeking work or wanting to retain work. Years ago, the struggle with screen reading was just trying to be able to read the content on the screen. And as technology has improved, as the APIs have gotten better, as Windows has been easier for products like JAWS to to get a hold of the information rather than having to hack into a video stream and intercept it, the trick now and the goal now is uh, the object that we've always had, which is make it easier to use, make it more efficient. And now that's really where we can spend some of our time and our focus. And I think it's going to benefit people getting employment uh, for sure in the future. So there are some significant under the hood changes to Braille in JAWS 17 with the United States having adopted UEB. It's obviously important that UEB support be robust and there's a new translator in JAWS. Yes, yeah, so we've included now the LibLouis Braille translation engine in addition to what we've always had in JAWS for Braille translation. And LibLouis brings us the added advantage of much stronger unified English Braille. And we've had a lot of requests for this over the past year or two. And with the introduction of unified English Braille for the United States starting here in January, I think it's perfect timing. So users of JAWS 17 and above will be able to, right through the startup wizard, identify first their language, and then having chosen their language, they can go in and select whether they would like to use the CEB translation or the Unified English Braille table uh, and contracted Braille for that as well. And maybe you can show them that too, Jonathan, when you do your demonstration in the startup wizard, where those choices are. And they can always go back and run the startup wizard at any time if they want to switch to the Unified English Braille. So it's much easier to find in 17 and it's much improved. And it's an open source Braille translator, LeBlue, isn't it? So people can submit requests for changes if they find any anomalies with the code or anything like that. Yes, they can. And I think that with the addition of JAWS now putting LibLouis in, we will be getting a lot more feedback and sending it on to them and trying to help them improve that process, which will continue to get better with each update of JAWS as well as a result. So that's part one of what's new in JAWS 17. There's more to come before the public beta is released, and we'll get you back on another FS cast soon for that, Eric. In the meantime, uh, we'll talk at greater length about some of these uh, features by way of demonstration. So we'll look forward to speaking with you soon. Very good. Well, thanks again, Jonathan, for having me on. And I hope your demonstration of the smart navigation for folks goes well. And I, I look forward to getting this public beta out and hearing some feedback from everyone um, in the coming days. That's Eric Damry. And if you're thinking about purchasing JAWS and now you're thinking, well, maybe I should hold off until JAWS 17 is out. So my SMA covers the next two releases after that. We've got you covered. From now on, if you purchase a copy of JAWS, you will get your JAWS 16 right away and be entitled to download it. But if you get an SMA at the same time, you will be entitled to the next two versions of JAWS at no additional charge. So if you buy now, it's as if you were buying JAWS 17 with all the benefits of getting JAWS 16 right away. Now it's my pleasure to show you the smart navigation feature in JAWS 17. As I proceed to do this, a reminder that this is still beta software. It's a work in progress. So there may be characteristics of what I'm demonstrating now that are slightly different by the time you see it. And of course, they may change during the public beta testing process as we get feedback from customers, because that's what the testing process is all about. I'm running JAWS 17 now on the computer connected to my mixer here in the studio so you can hear it clearly. And since I've been running JAWS 17 for some time now as we've been putting it together here at Freedom Scientific, I have got my preferences set up the way that I like them. But I can revisit the startup wizard at any time and I'm going to do that now because this is what you will see when you first run JAWS 17. So I'm going to Invoke the JAWS window. JAWS context menu, option submenu. And I have my JAWS running from the system tray, so it's brought up the context menu. We'll go to help. Training. 
And the easiest way to get to the startup wizard is to up arrow a couple of times. Check for updates dot dot dot. Update authorization dot dot dot. Startup wizard dot dot dot. Three times to be precise. So we'll press enter on this. Leaving menus. Jaws startup wizard dialog. Speech settings. Rate 68. Left right slider 25%. And if you've run Jaws on past occasions, you'll be familiar with the startup wizard here, but we'll go through to a couple of new features. Punctuation, combo box, sub, two of typing, echo off, radio button, checked, one to four. I'm tabbing through this dialog now. Next button. And we'll go to the next button by pressing enter. Run JAWS settings if you select start JAWS, start JAWS after logon for all, start JAWS after logon, run JAWS from system tray check, back button, next button. So we'll continue through this dialog. Common options, smart navigation controls and tables, radio button checked, three of three. And this is new to JAWS 17. When you get your JAWS 17, smart navigation will be off by default. That means that the way you browse the web will not be any different from past versions of JAWS. So the nice thing about the smart navigation feature is, although it's a radical and, in my view, largely improved way of surfing the web in most situations, if you just prefer not to deal with it right now, you can leave Smart Navigation disabled and maybe revisit it when you have time to come to grips with something new. So we're not enforcing this change by any means. The three options that we have here, the one that I have selected already, Controls and tables, radio button, check three of three. And then we can choose the other options by arrowing up and down through the radio buttons. Smart Navigation Controls only, radio button, check two of three. And the default, Smart navigation off radio button checked, one of three. Which is off. I am actually going to set this to off for now because we're going to visit a web page shortly and I'd like to show you how JAWS has traditionally behaved on that web page. Then we'll turn smart navigation on and show you the difference. Let's continue to tab through. Forms mode semi-auto radio button checked, two of three. We've had semi-auto forms mode in the product for a while now and if you haven't tried this, I really recommend that you do so, particularly if you're going to give Smart Navigation a shot. The reason will become pretty clear shortly, but you have the choices here forms mode, auto radio button checked, one of, three. of having auto forms mode, which means that no matter what you use to navigate the website, whether it be the arrow keys or the tab key, you're going to be popped into forms mode whenever you see an edit box or somewhere where you need to interact with the web page. Forms mode semi-auto radio button checked, two of three. Now semi-auto forms mode is where when you use the arrow keys to navigate a website, you're not automatically placed into forms mode. But when you tab through the page, you are. And I really like that feature. Forms mode manual radio button checked, three of three. And we can go back to the good old days of manual forms mode if you prefer. That means that you will have to press enter when you want to invoke an edit box and interact with that edit box. So, forms mode semi-auto radio button check. I am going three. to leave forms mode on semi-auto. Use keyboard layout combo box laptop two of three. Now we're on familiar ground with uh, past versions of the startup wizard here. Use virtual ribbon menus checkbox checked. Initial state of num lock key turn back button next button. And we're going to go to the next screen in the startup wizard. Verbosity settings tutor messages turn off menu and control. There's nothing new here, so I'm just going to press enter to advance to the next screen. Contracted Braille settings, contracted Braille translation combo box, input and output, 3 of 3. Translator language combo box, English United States, 13 of 51. Now we have 51 languages that you can choose from here for your Braille. And I won't go through them all, but if I just arrow around up and down here. Spanish, Spain, international sort. Estonian, Estonia. We up arrow. Span English, English, United Kingdom. Pre-priest. English, United States. So very robust Braille support here and quite comprehensive in terms of the languages available. I've chosen English United States and as a result of that when I press the tab key Translator mode combo box U.S. English grade 1 1 to 4 We've got four options U.S. English grade 2 Unified English Braille grade 1 Unified English Braille grade 2 And so I'm going to leave it on Unified English Braille grade 2 because we've all got to get with the program Back button Next button. And we'll go to the next screen. Braille settings. Braille mode combo box. Structured. Two of three. There's nothing new to show you in this particular screen. So I'm going to press enter and that will activate the finish button in this case. That's the default button. And I can verify that how? Yeah, that's right. By pressing the JAWS key with E. Finish. And that tells me that the default button is finished. So I will press enter to activate the default button. So now 
I am out of the startup wizard and my settings have been saved and I'm able to proceed now remembering that in this case I did not turn smart navigation on so we can contrast the different behavior. I'm now going to go back to the JAWS window. JAWS context menu, option submenu. We'll go back to help. Training. And down arrow through the very helpful help menu. More voices, dot, dot, dot. JAWS help topics. Keyboard commands. What's new? End user license agreement. Web resources submenu. That's the one I want in this case, so I'm going to press the right arrow key. JAWS headquarters. Technical support. FS activate. Surfing the internet. And here's this wonderful page that Dan Clark and his team have put together called Surfing the Internet. If you're a trainer in this field, it's a great resource to point your students to if you're just coming up to speed and you feel like you really want to know more about how to harness the power of the world's most powerful screen reader with the web, then this Surfs Up, Surfing the Internet with JAWS, is a great resource for just practicing your skills. I'm going to press Enter, and that will launch my default browser, which is Internet Explorer. Leave menus, folder view, list view, not selected, recycle bin, one of 33, Internet Explorer, next alt plus X link, three headings and 22 links. And now we are on the Surfing the Internet with Jaws and Magic page. It loaded that nice and quickly on my fiber connection. Because I use this page quite a bit to show people about surfing the web with JAWS, I'm very familiar with it, and I know that I'm looking for a link on this page that takes me to the section on forms. So to get there quickly, I'm going to press the JAWS key with F7 to bring up the list of links. Links list dialog. Links list view. Free. And we'll press F. Forms. And there's forms. So we'll press Enter to activate that link. Forms visited link. Using forms with JAWS and magic. Using forms with JAWS and magic. Using forms with JAWS and magic. 21 headings and 13 links. 21 headings and 13 links on this busy page. I'm going to bring up the list of links once again. Links list dialog. Links and list. I'm looking for the new web track sample form that Dan put together. It's a great form to show all sorts of controls. New web track sample form. And we'll press enter. Using forms with JAWS and Magic tab group one, new tab page, phone number, phone number, the new web track. Here we are the on web the new web track sample form. And I have smart navigation turned off. In other words, what I'm going to show you first is what you would typically experience with JAWS. I'm going to go to the top of the page just to get my bearings by pressing control home. The new web track sample call tracking system. And I'm going to press F to jump to the first form field on this page. Contact information name. Edit. If I use my up and down arrow keys. Name. Edit. Name is on one line. Edit is on the other. Phone number. And I can use the arrow keys. H-O-N-E. To move character by character. I can use control left and right arrow. Number colon. Phone. To move by word. Phone number. So we've got phone number. And then I have to down arrow. Edit. To get to the edit field where I can type in the number. If I want to navigate by control, I can press the tab key. New tab page, contact information name, edit. And because I have semi-automatic forms mode enabled, because I pressed the tab key, it popped me into the form field and I could edit it. Now I can tab through the form. Contact information, phone number, edit. Contact information, SSN1, edit. Contact information, SSN2, edit. Contact information, SSN3, edit. Contact information, email address. So for those who are not familiar with what goes on in the United States, this SSN is the social security number, and it's a pretty common thing to have to fill in in a number of contexts. I'm going to get myself out of forms mode now by pressing the escape key. Virtual PC. And we're back in the virtual PC, and I go to up arrow. Email address. Edit. SSN3. Edit. SSN2. Edit. SSN1. Even though there are three edit fields here pertaining to the social security number, each of them is on its own line because what has traditionally happened and what still traditionally happens with the virtual cursor in JAWS is that each link and each form element is on its own line. So there can be advantages in that approach, but it also gives you no understanding of the way that the page is actually laid out. And when you're navigating around... What you really want is to quickly get to those elements in most cases. There may be times when you want to be able to arrow through character by character if you're not clear about what JAWS has said to you. But generally, when you're using the arrow keys to navigate around here, it's kind of like 
in a Word document or anywhere where there might be a form, what you really want to do is fill in the form and get there as efficiently as you can. Let's contrast what we have with the traditional approach versus what we can now achieve with smart navigation on this same form. I could go back to the startup wizard and enable smart navigation from there. If I do that, smart navigation is turned on in the JAWS default settings file. That means that no matter what browser you run, no matter what domain you go to, smart navigation is on by default. So what if we want to take a kind of a tentative approach to this, and maybe you have two browsers on your system. You might have Firefox and Internet Explorer, which I think is a pretty common configuration these days. You might want to try enabling smart navigation with one of those browsers and just see what happens. So to do that, I'm going to press insert with the number six on my number row to get to the JAWS setting center. If you forget that shortcut key, remember that the list of managers is available at any time by pressing the JAWS key with F2. And you can choose setting center from that list. Internet Explorer JAWS setting center dialog search box edit. If I press shift with tab now, application combo box Internet Explorer 63 of 188. It confirms that Internet Explorer is the application that I'm working with. So if I make any changes here, that will affect everything that I do in Internet Explorer. If I want to make this change on a domain specific basis, I can press the home key. Default all applications. And that would change all applications. But if I down arrow one more time, once I'm at the top of this list, text analyzer, www.freedomscientific.com domain. And there's a little bit of superfluous speech we will clean up there, but the important thing is that it's saying www.freedomscientific.com domain. That means that anything I change at this point will only affect this domain that I'm on namely freedomscientific.com in this case. You can change forms mode to a particular mode if you want. You can change a whole bunch of web-specific things. I'm going to press the tab key. Search box edit. And I'm going to search for the word smart. S-M-A-R-T and pause. Smart navigation mode. One of two search results. So I didn't actually have to do anything. I didn't need to press enter. I didn't need to tab. And it came up with smart navigation as my top result. I'll press tab to look at this. Two search results list box. Smart navigation mode off. Web slash HTML slash PDFS navigation. And if you're curious about the other search result it came up with. Smart word reading checked. Smart general. word reading. But we're dealing with smart navigation right now. Smart navigation mode off. Web slash HTML slash PDFS navigation. Now we have those two other choices for smart navigation. Controls two or three. Controls. Controls and tables, three of three. And controls and tables. I'm going to go all the way with smart navigation and turn controls and tables on. I'm going to press Alt F4 to close setting center, and we get a new kind of prompt now. JAWS setting center dialog. You have made changes to www.freedomscientific.com.jcf settings. Do you want to save them? Yes button. So this is a very cool feature in JAWS 17 that each domain can have its own JCF file or its own unique settings. I want to save the change. The new web track sample call tracking system Internet Explorer enhanced for Bing and MSN. The new web track and now we're back in Internet Explorer. So let's explore this form again now that smart navigation is enabled. I'm going to go to the top of the page. The new web track sample and go to the first form field. Contact information name edit. Now I'm going to use my right arrow key. Phone number colon. And it gave me the phone number prompt. Normally using the right arrow key would just give me character by character, but this is moving me through element by element. It's almost like I'm in a menu bar. Edit. And now I'm in the edit field just by right arrowing some more. SSN1. Edit. If I read the current line at this point by doing a JAWS key with the Letter I in my case, because I'm using the laptop layout. SSN1 edit, SSN2 edit, SSN3 edit. That's very nice, because the speech is showing me, in a sense, how this is laid out visually, that across this one line, you have three edit fields to enter your social security number. SSN2 edit. And I can right arrow. SSN3 edit. Left arrow. What if I don't know what SSN is, and I'm having some difficulty understanding what it means. If I enable smart navigation, have I actually lost the ability to move character by character or word by word? No, I have not. So I'm going to go back to this SSN prompt. SSN3. 
And I'm going to press the say character key twice. SS. And now S N. I can right arrow through as I have before. If I press the escape key, now I can use my arrow keys again. Edit. And it's working back in smart navigation. You can do this with a say word command as well if you want, and you'll get the same results. So there is a way to quickly navigate by character in these elements if you wish to. The new web track sample form opened a new tab in my browser, so it's easy for me to dismiss this. I'm going to press Control F4 to close the tab. Close new tab page. New web track sample form visited link. And now I'm back on the main surfs up page. Now that I'm back on this main page, I'm going to navigate by heading because there's something cool I want to show you here. Using forms with JAWS and moving through forms heading level 2. JAWS versions prior to 10 heading level 3. I'm going to up arrow now and listen carefully to what happens. Land. Numpad plus or click outside the form fields if you are using the mouse to get out of forms mode. I'll up arrow one more time so we're going in reverse up this page. Enter from the list of form controls to go into forms mode and edit the form. Press. Try pressing. Exercise open the visited link new web track sample form and press insert plus F5 to list all the form controls and experience how easy it is to review the information. If you were listening carefully, you will have heard a new sound that JAWS made there. Let's do it again. We'll down arrow to that line. Exercise open the visited link new web track sample form and press insert plus Why F- is it making that noise? Well, it's making that noise because when smart navigation is turned on, you no longer see a link on its own line, which was JAWS behavior previously. So what we're doing is when you arrow to a line that contains a link, we're immediately alerting you with that sound. It's obtrusive enough that you won't miss it, but it's not so obtrusive that it will be annoying. And that tells you there's a link somewhere on this line, and you might want to listen for it. And you heard the word visited link when the link came up in context. Now, I'm at the beginning of that line, so if I press the tab key, the web track sample form visited link. it has placed focus on the link itself, the new web track sample form, and I can go ahead and activate that link. And demonstrating just how smart smart navigation really is, if the link appears within the first five characters of the line, you will not hear that sound, because chances are, if you're listening, you're not going to miss a link that's that close in. And that avoids this sound being played when, for example, there might be a couple of bullet characters or something at the beginning of the line. It would be really annoying to hear that sound all the time, and so we have accommodated that scenario. If I arrow through this, let's say word by word, so I'll press home to go to the beginning of the line. Open. Now, it's behaving the normal way with the virtual cursor right now because we're not on any kind of control. We're just on standard text. And so when you're navigating with standard text, you still want to be able to move character by character and word by word. But as soon as I continue to do my control right arrow to move by word, it is treating that whole link as a block, which, when you think about it, makes sense because it's an item in itself. Now let's have a look at tables. To do that, I'm going to press C to navigate to a combo box that I know is on this page. Jump to Alt plus J combo box table of contents, column zero, row zero. And since I reach the combo box this way, I'll press Enter to enable forms mode. And now I'm going to press the letter T. Temporary VS, permanent changes, tables. And this is a section on tables. Go Alt plus G button. And we'll press the Enter key tables or space bar on the magic. Go button. Go Alt plus G button. Tables with JAWS and Magic, 16 headings and 3 links. Tables Let's see if there's a table here. I'm going to press the T key. 7 columns and 5 rows. TV listings with both column and row headers. A table that has the name of the network down the left side and the show times across the top. This is table 1, column 1, row 1, cell, column 1, row 1. JAWS's table navigation features are wonderful. It makes sense of tabular data, and in fact, it really makes you prefer having tabular data on the screen because they're so good. You can use the control alt left and right up and down arrow keys if you prefer, or if you prefer one hand to navigate, you can go into the JAWS table layer with the JAWS key with spacebar followed by T, and then when you're in that, you can arrow through the tables as if you were holding down the control and alt key. But when you've got smart navigation on, it all just happens for you. There's nothing to consider at all. You just use your arrow keys as you always would. So I'm in a table now, and I'm going to press the right arrow key. 8 p.m. cell, column 2. 8.30 p.m. cell, column 3. 9 p.m. cell, column 4. That's all being achieved just by using the right arrow key. Nothing else to hold down. 9.30 p.m. cell, column 10 p.m. cell. 10.30 ABC cell, 8 p.m. Grey's Anatomy cell, spans 2, column 2. 
So this is just using left and right arrow. 9 p.m. Scandal cell. Spans 2. Column 3. 10 p.m. How to get away with murder cell. Spans 2. Call CPS cell. It is very nice, and you can hear the little tone telling you that we've changed rows if I do a down arrow. Fox cell. Row 4. NBC cell. Row 5. Okay, so NBC is what I'm interested in. I'll press the right arrow. 8 p.m. The biggest loser cell. Spans 2. Column 2. So with smart navigation on, JAWS is making intelligent decisions about what the arrow keys should do. If there are lots of form elements, links on the page, it's laying them out in the way that they're laid out visually, which will make things a lot easier because you understand how the page looks. But it's a very good feature for quickly getting to where you need to be. Undoubtedly, there will be some issues of bedding this new technology down, and there will be some cases where smart navigation just doesn't work as you would like. In that case, remember, you can either disable the feature temporarily, or if it's happening to you on a website that you visit a lot, you can disable smart navigation on a domain name by domain name basis. And I've grown to like this feature, so that's what I typically do. I have it on in the JAWS startup wizard, but if there are issues and some of those may be resolved as a result of your feedback as we go through the testing process. But if there are issues for now, I disable it for a particular domain where it's not working as I would like or not giving me any advantages. So that is Smart Navigation coming to JAWS 17. I'm sure you'll enjoy having a play with this. And JAWS has always been about maximum efficiency. I really feel like I've received a productivity boost with Smart Navigation. And that concludes this edition of FSCast, but we will have more to say about JAWS 17 before the public beta release. So uh, stay close to your Facebook or Twitter accounts or checking the podcast feed for more information. Till then, this is Jonathan Mosen saying thank you for listening. Bye for now. Great stuff, and uh, definitely stay tuned. And you can go to the Freedom Scientific webpage, that's freedomscientific.com, and click on the FSCast link. I'm Larry Turnbull, and David will be back next week right here on Main Menu. Have a good week, everybody.